Hi everyone and welcome to the latest episode of the Yellow Card. We are well and truly at the business end of the season and every game has started to count and how. There's a lot to talk about as usual, especially what's happening in the top four because it's going to be a clash of the titans for fourth spot, would you believe? Hi, Dipen. How are you? What are your thoughts on this past weekend? Hey, Chirag. What's up, man? It's uh, finally after a break. It's good to be back for with the Premier League action. Though a little bit disappointed with one of the results that happened. Arsenal going down to Liverpool 3-0. Uh, <coughs> ah. I'm sure you enjoyed that one quite a bit. <laughs> but uh, for me, it was very, very disappointing. Well, we'll get to that because I enjoyed myself. Uh, a, a big shout out to your wife, by the way, who actually messaged me. Oh, aren't Arsenal going to win? <laughs> well, luckily for me, I got the last laugh because Liverpool were in phenomenal form. But let's start off the episode by talking about Thomas Tuchel's Chelsea side. They went down, I believe, 5-2 to West Brom. What are your thoughts on that match and how do you think West Brom fared? Oh my God, such a such a huge, huge disaster for Chelsea. I think they were going so well uh, so far. Having not lost a single game against uh, Thomas Tuchel, they went ahead in the game, took a lead of 1-0. And uh, then there was Thiago Silva who got sent sent off. And after that, I think the side just kind of collapsed and West Brom took full advantage of that one-man benefit that they had over Chelsea and they played some really good football eventually because of the space that they they got uh, due, due to being a man up uh, they got good space and they utilized it well and absolutely thrashed Chelsea 5-2 absolutely agree with you and yes the turning point was probably that that yet your red card i think was two yellows and he he was sent off a, a little after half an hour maybe around the 35th or 36th minute if i'm not mistaken and the tight on there sam Allardyce was very clear though in his post-match press conference quick to say you know what please remember this as west brom playing really really well and not the fact that chelsea played bad if chelsea played badly it was because west brom played really well so it was a clear statement of intent from sam Allardyce. although i'm, I'm very clear that it's just a too little too late from Chelsea's point of view, very, very disappointing because they were undefeated again uh, under Tuchel and to suffer this loss at the business end of the season and that too against a side which is free and probably going to end up in the championship next season, is it's probably not the best time for it to happen. I, on the other hand, obviously can't be more elated because it does give Liverpool that little sniff into the top four. But from a Chelsea point of view, extremely disappointing. There's not much else that we can say except that hopefully they'll probably bounce back from this. There were rumours that maybe post this match and I think it was the next day there was a there was a dressing room bust up between uh, Rudiger and Kepa as well. So all is clearly, all of a sudden all is not well in uh, at Stamford Bridge. So let's see how the following weekend comes. It's going to be interesting to say the least. And what a time for it to happen, right? Because they immediately go into the Champions League matches. It's just all coming at a very bad time, right? Towards the end when they were looking to kind of cement that fourth spot and then go deep into the Champions League. And it's just happened at that awkward time where if they don't bounce back immediately, it's going to be a big loss for them. Well, it's all about perspective. From my perspective, the timing couldn't be better. <laughs> no disrespect to Chelsea fans and no disrespect to Chelsea Football Club. Moving on, let's talk about the blue side of Manchester because they seemed in sublime form against Leicester. 
a comfortable 2-0 win what do you think about that so so simple they made it look and it was just so comfortable for manchester city playing against the third place side and it they never looked like there was any doubt who the winner would be in this match resting key players also worked a lot during the international break gundogan for example example and stones i'm sure a lot of uh, fantasy football players are cursing pep guardiola but he's managed to rotate the side every time and still pull off one result after another they're looking very strong absolutely i think stoling was rested too i don't think he was part of the Mr. starting lineup and uh, like you said very comfortable agree with all your comments he also said that it is impossible for a club like manchester city to afford to buy hall <laughs> if i were you i don't believe one word of that the smart money and at least my money says that it's going to be Haaland at Manchester City yes. next season. Any thoughts about that? Because I actually saw a little clip today from Sky Sports where Haaland is walking out of the uh, or walking towards the pitch of the Etihad Stadium explaining to one of his teammates about how beautiful this is. <laughs> it's just is something that you know just looks like it has to happen. There is no other way around it. Erling Haaland likes to play cha- uh, Champions League football. He may possibly not get it next year with uh, Borussia Dortmund they they i think 7 points away from the top 4 in the Bundesliga so that doesn't look likely manchester city are losing their star forward gabriel jesus is not going to cover up for aguero and his goals so this is just something that has to happen It, it, there's just no way around it. Well, absolutely, for me, it's a match made in heaven. And like you said, Dortmund seven points behind. I think there are only seven games left in the Bundesliga, so they're not really going to get. Um, I don't see them actually getting Champions League action next season. And uh, if I were a betting man, Haaland is the future. You can't really say anything. other than he and city would be a match made in heaven i don't expect him to go to one of the spanish sides and i don't really see him going to any other english side to be very honest i absolutely agree with that it's just the stars are aligned i think it's just about you now getting it done so pep if you're listening we want to see haland in that blue jersey in that light blue jersey of manchester city so that's going to be like like we've already said a match made in heaven I'm going to be holding my heart, probably praying it doesn't happen. <laughs> but for the sake of neutrality and from a just a football fan perspective, I think it is every football fan's dream come true. Moving on to the red side of Manchester, what were your thoughts for United against Brighton because they barely scraped across the line with that two-one victory? And uh, I think it was Mason Greenwood that eventually got the winner. I think unbelievable consistency from Manchester United. You could almost predict uh, their games like this that they go, uh, they'll go a goal down <laughs> against uh, teams that they fancy to win against, and then in the second half come out and score two goals or three goals and take it through. So it that's how it happened. But it was purely due to. two or three individual performances or moments that you know got them that two goals i think rashford and greenwood and bruno fernandes in those three are the ones who got them the goals and it's been rashford and bruno fernandes who's been carrying manchester united through and that's what happened here as well just putting it out there was no thanks to one paul pogba <laughs> proving again how exactly useless he has proved to this manchester side for the majority of the season i was probably proved wrong for a mere two or three games moving on 
from Manchester, let's talk about the Manchester Loney because West Ham versus Wolves, West Ham pulled off a 3-2 victory and it was what a start by West Ham and Lingard. He continues to score. I think he scored six Premier League goals in eight appearances and if I'm not mistaken, two assists. So, he's actually been involved in eight goals in eight games and continues to he continues his scintillating form. He actually, I think, also featured for all the three games of for England over this past international break. And if I was Ole, I'd be lining him up and making sure that I use this man next season. Can't actually sell him to West Ham. What are your thoughts? What a fantastic first goal from uh, Jesse Lingard in that match. He took the ball in his own half and ran all the way through, going past defenders, got on goal, took the shot and scored. Completely controlled finish. Superb. And the kind of form he's in, he's been in, it's absolutely mind-blowing because... You know, when the loan move went to West Ham happened, you thought, okay, maybe he'll add a little bit to West Ham. But he's really taken charge of that team. And now he's the man taking West Ham forward, keeping them in that top four. And probably they are now hoping that they can go till the end of the season, holding on to that fourth place. Of course, there are a lot of challenges, but... uh, they, they are the ones in the lead right now, so to say, for that fourth place. And Lingard is one of the key reasons they are there. Right? One question, Dupin. Do you think they'll be able to keep that fourth position? Uh, it's very difficult because the kind of competition there is for the... Uh, I think there is, what, three points between four teams, if I'm not wrong. So, between West Ham, Chelsea, Tottenham and Liverpool, they're covered by only three points. So, it, it, is, it is going to be very difficult and it'll go down to the wire. But as I said, so West Ham, if they have... If they do not have any, you know, injuries or unforeseen circumstances, the kind of football they, they're playing they can manage to hold on to that foot. But do you actually think that they deserve to be there? And the reason I say that is, remember their last two matches, and please correct me if I'm wrong, they went up 3-0 against uh, uh, against uh, Arsenal last mm-hmm. week and blew that 3-0 lead and it ended 3-3 with, by the way, Arsenal potentially having the capacity or the opportunities to actually snatch a late winner that didn't happen. And this past week, if I'm not wrong, they did the same against Wolves. They went up 3-0 and then gave two goals. So, what does that say about their capability in terms of actually sustaining and keeping a lead and actually being able to cope with this pressure for the top four? Yeah, that's the thing. See, they obviously, they are having a season that they've not had in the recent past or the past few years, as far back as I can remember. So, uh, there will be definite pressure on the team this because of the sudden realization that, you know what, maybe we can go all the way. Maybe we can get that Champions League spot. That pressure is what is probably the last two performances were. Like going up 3-0, you want to hold that match as is. You do not want to give up that lead. Against Arsenal, they gave up that lead. They could have possibly even lost that match. But even against Wolves, in the last 5-10 minutes, you thought maybe Wolves could get something out of this game. So, after going 3-0 up is when they're starting really well. And then suddenly, you know, they are not managed to sustain that. But I guess they still have very good team. They're performing really well. There, There is potential there to finish in that top four. But it will be right down to the wire. Next up, let's talk about Liverpool and Arsenal. Because I think it was a performance to remember from a Liverpool side. We played really, really well. Some fantastic football. Jota came 
completely in form into this match because he had scored i think a good couple of goals maybe even an assist in the uh, during the internationals for portugal and he came here on fire came off the bench two goals i think it was an overall sublime performance alexander arnold showing exactly why he should have been in that england side and making it very clear to gareth southgate that he's definitely still one of the best right backs in england if not the world and really should have his name put into the hat for england during the euros what were your thoughts on that game debate firstly i was extremely disappointed with the kind of attitude that arsenal had in the game because it is at home okay so liverpool have had a couple of good seasons last couple of seasons but this season hasn't been that best that good they are also under pressure it is at home you go on there you could cut the gap to them to within a point you go out there with some intent looking to score looking to take the game to them but that did not happen at all they were virtually just trying to defend and hold their positions and nothing more than that and liverpool also actually struggled quite a bit to break through that defense and didn't really create that many chances of course until diego jota jota came in and then he made all the difference and yes trent alexander arnold i think he came out with a mission he came out saying i'm going to prove that dropping me from that england squad so close to the euros was a big big mistake and that better not happen he has to be at the euros right absolutely i mean if if gareth southgate i don't even know what he was thinking alexander arnold has proved himself time and again and he just did it anyway so performance speak performances and actions speak louder than words and i think he's put in one of the best performances he can so hopefully he will get picked and won't get overlooked the next time round from my perspective agree with your comments there arsenal continue to have this top seat of the season we've said it a while back that they're going to probably end up mid table and that's exactly where they sit now in 10th from a liverpool perspective couldn't be really happier three points separate the top four it's going to go right down to the wire and i would expect liverpool to be in with a shout because they do have more of a little bit of a favorable run in as compared to the others having said that we still need to find our form and i'm sure we're going to do that starting tonight against real madrid <laughs> yeah in that sense things are looking suddenly very good right because no sergio ramos no varan no eden hazard so a lot of key real madrid players missing good confidence boosting win over the weekend so things are looking good for you chiran well on behalf of liverpool and klopp yes i'm no one to talk but let me just say we can only focus on ourselves we're not really focused on what the competition is doing we're not focused on our opponents in terms of who they are putting out to play we're just focusing on a good strong performance tonight the pain all the best to you for that <laughs> now moving on it's time to talk about jose jose and jose what are your thoughts on newcastle versus spurs remember kane hit i think it was kane hit two goals who hit two goals for spurs scintillating form but newcastle got the early goal i think it was jolington with the first goal his first goal in 31 appearances and second so far for newcastle in the premier league if i'm not mistaken and he was let in and it was it was quite a good goal but i mean again spurs defense little little slack uh, sluggish slack and just you know unnecessary i think spurs did well got back into the game again he rested quite a few players at the start gareth bale i think came on in the 88th 89th minute to try and save the day after an 85th minute equalizer from newcastle i don't know what to say about mourinho because he again blamed his players and i will come to that but before that what do you think i was really surprised that the newcastle in in the kind of 
फॉर्म दे वर इन सो फार गोइंग इन टू दिस मैच एक्चुअली मैनेज टू प्रोड्यूस अ टू टू रिजल्ट अगेंस्ट अगेंस्ट अ साइड लाइक टॉटनम बिकॉज टॉटनम शुड है game and put their foot in the door for that top four position saying that you know what we are going to be there you come and take it from us that was possible especially after chelsea lost their game to bright uh, to west brom and uh, the opportunity was right there they had the lead and i don't know what i i, I have no i've been struggling to describe tottenham's uh, performances right through this season so i really have no more words to say allow me to use the words that jose used when asked about the fact that he's that he and his sides sorry are used to actually keeping leads they don't generally blow leads and i believe jose's words were same coach different players i don't know what that man is smoking <laughs> i mean <laughs> maybe the question to him should have been you know this is the side that was in the champions league final a uh, couple of seasons back if they've been uh, finishing in the top 3 in the last two or three seasons so what has changed because same players different coach what happened <laughs> that's a good way to put things the pain and no disrespect to jose let me jose let me be very clear i am one of his huge fans but sometimes the things he says or does it makes it very very difficult to actually go out there and defend him and i don't know what kind of strategy he is using with his players or what kind of a psychological impact criticizing his players makes because he it 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 baffles me sometimes to be honest with the things he says and what he does first of all whole season he's parked the bus bale has hit form he's rested him probably because he's come back from the euros but even if you're resting him probably don't rest him for the whole game you're bringing him on out of desperation delhi ali's performed pretty well the last few games if you're going to rest the rest of the players uh, sorry if you're going to rest the rest of the players who have come off the international break why don't you play delhi ali he's finally playing some good football so it's it's baffling some of his you know management decisions and coaching decisions and i really would like to understand what goes on in that brain because it's difficult and remember he is a proven you know trophy winner one of the best managers in the world per se if he gets sacked he gets a very very big payoff let's remember that but i i don't understand what's going to happen because if i was a tottenham fan or if i am daniel levy i'm clearly not happy with the way this season is panning out and remember it all goes back to you decided to sack pochettino and for what because uh, while i was very very pro mourinho at the start of the season and even till probably december because they were right in the right there at the top of the league and there and thereabouts it's clearly unraveling and unraveling fast so should he not do something really soon this is going to go south in a very very bad way for jose and spurs yeah i mean i agree completely i have i i've been completely baffled by his tactics and right now the only card that or only trick up his sleeve is that you know what publicly give a kick up the backside to the players and then hope for a reaction from them in the next match and that's that's it that's job done because as bad as, as they've been they're still in the in the race for the top 4 or the fourth spot uh, so i don't know maybe maybe it works well for jose's sake i hope it does for liverpool's sake i hope it doesn't <laughs> On that note, Dipen, do you have anything else to add? Otherwise, we can actually end this episode on a high for us and a low for Jose. <laughs> I think that's that's a good way to finish the episode. 
all right everyone it's been a pleasure thanks very much for listening let's hope for the sake of all sports fans that jose can turn it around and can make us eat some humble pie next week when we apologize for our comments based on his wonderful performance <laughs> over this weekend cheers everyone have a good night bye yes